time God and what an awesome God we serve. Amen. It's so good to be in his house with his people. Amen. And I have we have witnessed miracles this week. Amen. God has been good and we are thankful for what he is doing. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, the Campbells, that, the missionaries that were going to be with in Costa Rica, uh, they had emergency surgery. She had emergency surgery on Tuesday, and uh, they had some severe issues. Uh, she had a hole in her diaphragm, and uh, her uh, body was not like it should be, and uh, it was only getting worse and worse. The pain was so bad, she was literally doubled over from Thursday to Sunday um, and just trying to get through. And uh, so they took the baby uh, on Tuesday at 32 weeks, and at 32 weeks, and she's a petite little tiny thing, uh, at 32 weeks, her baby was 4 pounds, 10 ounces, and 17 inches long. So we thank God for that. Amen. It was uh, just awesome. Awesome. Amen. And just the way that it happened, I, I'm not going to tell all of it right now, but just the way that it happened. Uh, there were they, they were starting to just totally be stressed out because uh, medical expenses and a lot of different things going on. Well, because of the way it happened, um, it, because it was an emergency and everything the way that it was, uh, their medical is going to be completely covered. Their travel expenses are going to be completely covered. So thank God for that. Amen. We are so happy. Amen. And when I told, because I'm the one that got to tell Luke that, and when I told him that, my wife was in there, it was like 200 pounds came off the guy. It was just awesome. And uh, so we're thankful for what God is doing. And uh, we are excited because God is doing amazing things everywhere, and we get to be a part of it. So today, we're going to uh, take God at His word. We are going to finish up um, our study of the Take God at His Word book. I'm going to preach a little bit tonight just because this, this uh, last word kind of lends to that. Um, but I do want us to kind of go through some of the points in the fourth word, which is, I will help you give more than you can imagine. How many of you would like to give more than you can imagine? Amen. God says, I want to help you give more than you can imagine. And uh, so, first of all, the Lord gave uh, gives a desire to be generous, and then he gives the blessings to match the desire to be generous. Now, if you don't have a desire to be generous, I'm not talking to you. If you, if you are uh, a, you know, what's that, that little cartoon character? If you're a Scrooge McDuck, anybody know who I'm talking about? If you're that little Scrooge dude that he doesn't want to give anybody any money, he's got vaults full of money and he doesn't want to give anybody anything. If you're a Scrooge McDuck, then I'm not talking to you. But if you want to give, if you want to be generous, uh, God wants to give you the blessings to match that. So first of all, there was, we read the story. If you read, how many of you have finished the book now? Everybody? All right. Almost anybody almost finished. You're not quite finished. All right. Well, finish it up because that last word is a good word. All right, so the fourth word, and in, in we read that, he, we see the, there's a little part in there where this church came to their pastor, and they said, we, we feel like we, you've taught us how to manage our finances, how to do our money, whatever, but we haven't really applied how we should trust God to our church budget. And so they said, first of all, he said, well, what do you think we ought to do? And they said, first of all, we ought to determine all that God wants to do through us, Second, we need to put down what that will cost. 
And then he said, then we need to divide the budget goal into three categories. Number one, what we plan to do through our tithes. Number two, what others have promised to do. And number three, what we must depend on God to do. Now, they tell the story and go into the fact that anytime God leads you to, to do something that has God-sized dimensions, you will face a crisis of belief. Some of you in this campaign, you are already facing a crisis of belief. And when you face a crisis of belief, what you do next reveals what you really believe about God. I'm just going to take my time tonight, okay? Until I get to, the, to my takeoff point. What we do on Sunday is going to identify what this church really believes about God and about what God wants to do through our church. You don't have to say amen. It's okay. I know. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to accept that. It's hard to believe what I'm saying to you. But I'm telling you, without any reservation, what we do on Sunday is going to set the precedent. It's going to set the tone for years to come in this church. So I hope you've been praying. And I hope that you'll pray now until Sunday. Because we need a spiritual climate in here. We need the supernatural to invade on Sunday. Amen? And I'm not saying we want to hype everybody. I, I, don't, I don't believe that way. I don't feel that way. I'm not going to be preaching name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. That's not going to happen. You're not going to hear prosperity gospel preaching. That's not the point. But we do need to say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want to stretch me? How do you want to stretch my finances? And we've talked about this for several weeks now. If we're just wanting more finances so we can go get a boat or so we can, uh, you know, get a new outfit or a wardrobe or, you know, toys or whatever it is, then we're missing the point. The whole point is, God, what do you want to funnel through me? Amen? What do you want to funnel through me to the kingdom of God? Uh, you, m many people over the last several weeks have been saying to me and saying to each other, this is what my church means to me. This is what, you know, if, if this church wasn't here, this is where I would be. So I, I don't even want to think about that. I just want to talk about how good God has been because this church is here. And we've talked about it before. It's not about the building. Okay, if, if I honestly, if there was a way that we could do everything we needed to do without the building, then I'd say, hey, let's let's just sell the building and, and we'll be completely debt free and everything will be good. But we need the building in order to function at this point. Uh, we still need a place where everybody can come together and meet and worship and celebrate God together on Sunday. And so uh, because of that, we have a mortgage and we have uh, a bill that needs to be paid. And so we want to get out of debt. We want to see this church go uh, in, the, in the right direction. And, you know, some people say, well, I want to see this church go in the right direction. Financially, we want to see this church go in the right direction so that we're in better position for whatever God wants to do, amen, in the next few years. And I believe we're going to see God do some incredible things. Uh, I, there's been story after story, and I don't want to just keep telling stories. But there has been so many stories of what God will do when people stretch themselves and say, God, what do you want me to do? They're sensitive to God, and then they respond. They are, are obedient to that. And you might be saying, well, that's, Pastor, that's a nice thing for you to say. Would you rather I say, hey, everybody, we need $500,000. Who can give me $50,000? Who can give me $30,000? Who can give me $20,000? 
Not everybody can do it. It's not equal gifts. It's equal sacrifice. And so what we're going to do is between now and Sunday, the leaders have already prayed. The leaders have already committed. I'm not going to tell you the amount tonight, but you're going to be amazed how much the leaders have already committed over and above their tithes and offerings to give over the next two years. And we're going to ask the whole church to do that on Sunday. And so do you think the devil's fighting? Oh, yeah, the devil's fighting. You think the devil would like to distract people and keep people from being here Sunday and the ones that are here Sunday, he wants to put them in a bad mood and have everybody have a bad attitude and walk in like the church just wants my money? Come on now. How many of you would like to be me right now? Amen. But we need a spiritual atmosphere in here. We need the atmosphere to be, man, what can I give to you, God? God, what can I turn back to you for all the blessings that you have placed in my life? God, you own everything anyways. What do you want me to give? Amen. And I believe, honestly, some of you might think that I'm just hyping this up, but I believe this is a deeply spiritual time for this church. Somebody told me the other day, they said, well, I know Sunday was just about money. I said, well, then you missed the whole point. Sunday wasn't just about the money. Yes, we talked about money, but Sunday was about what? Cracking the code to being blessed by the blesser. Right? I want to be blessed. Amen. I want to be blessed in my finances. I want to be blessed in my emotions. I want to be blessed in my relationships. I want to be blessed in my physical body. I mean, some of you are like, Pastor, you could stand to be a little less blessed in your physical body. The devil is a liar. I want health, right? I want life. I want to live, amen, this life to the fullest the way that God intends for us. So let me ask you this. Are you going through a personal crisis of belief? Are you going through a personal crisis of belief with your finances right now? And you say, well, yes, I am. It seems like I never have enough. It seems like I don't understand how I'm going to give to the church because I can't even keep my own bills paid. That's a crisis of belief. If so, then you need to understand the discomfort that you are feeling. It might be God's way of getting your attention in your finances. Well, what do I have to do? Well, we have to make some decisions. We have to decide we are going to, to be biblical about this. We're not just going to go by our feelings because your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will deceive you. If you go by your feelings, I'm telling you, you're going to be very sad. It's, it's not a good place to be because those feelings will lead you down the wrong road. So uh, what do we do whenever we are acting biblically according to the Word of God? We sow faithfully, right? We sow faithfully. By now... Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase, you reap what you sow. Anybody ever heard that before? <laughs> That's a biblical principle. That's God's law of the harvest. It's a powerful motivation for you to continue to trust God and give during both the financially lean times as well as the great financial harvest. Amen. Um, I, I am excited because I really believe we have seen uh, some incredible things happen. Uh, just over the last few years, but I, I'm, you know, we don't have to look very far. We just look over here at what happens whenever we're willing to sacrifice, whenever we're willing to give. God opens doors that weren't open before. Uh, so we sow faithfully. Amen. We do what we know to do, and then we wait patiently, right? Perhaps you've been an obedient giver for some time. Maybe you've been following whatever God said and spoke into your heart to give. You've been doing that. 
Maybe it's, you know, maybe you just started tithing and giving, and you're like, you know, I don't know. Well, it doesn't happen overnight sometimes. You know, when that, that farmer goes out and he plants in his field, he doesn't expect to go out the next day and, the, you know, the corn be up to his, his head or anything. He, he, he knows there's going to be a, a time from when he sows it till he reaps the harvest. And it, it, sowing faithfully is, is what we're called to do, and then we wait patiently. You can't wait patiently if you don't trust God. You can't wait patiently if you don't have faith in God. You're like, you know, I want, the, I want to see the results now. I want it to happen now. Why, you know, why are we still waiting? I thought it was just going to take place overnight. It doesn't. Sometimes you have to wait patiently. Now, having said that, there are some times that crops grow quicker than others. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've heard of people that they put the check in, and when they went home and opened up their mailbox, there was a check. I, man, it's awesome when that, that happens. But I, I don't have a whole lot of stories, of personal stories that I can tell you of how that happened to me. I wish I did. I mean, I know a lot of other people's stories because they always share them about how God blessed them. I don't have a lot of those immediate blessing stories. I wish that I did. But I do know that God is faithful to His Word. Amen. You can take God at His Word. So we sow faithfully, and then we wait patiently, and that time between when we sowed and when we actually see the harvest or the fruits from that is called the faith zone, because you walk by faith. You don't walk by sight. If we walk by sight, we'd all quit. You, I'm, I'm telling you, everybody that tries to walk by sight in this Christian life, you quit. I don't like this church because it's not doing this and it's not doing that. And I, I just don't, I don't like the pastor because he didn't preach this and he's not. And, and I just wish that this would happen. I wish that that, you got to quit walking by sight. We're walking by faith. Pastor told me if I would give that I would be blessed. And, and you know, I've been given and I haven't seen any blessing yet. <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I had a good one not too long ago. Thought I was taking my van in for an oil change. I've been given. I just gave a good offering. Took my van in for an oil change. And $450 later, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm like, hey, God, um, I thought you was going to give me some good stuff to tell everybody about how you bless. And guess what? I have some good stories. Here's the story. It could have been $550. Here's the other good part of the story. I paid it, and I didn't have to take any food off the table to do it. So sometimes we think, oh, I can't believe i got to pay this. Well, thank God that you had the money to be able to pay it. Amen. And I didn't have to rob God to pay. Come on, somebody. <laughs> when you sow, you expect to reap, but you won't reap it right away every time. It will take time before the harvest comes. So when we have faith in the process of sowing and reaping, we wait patiently. It's the faith zone. So some of you, just, just chill. You're in the faith zone. It's okay. Just keep walking by faith. You can trust God's word. You can. When the Lord of the universe promises anything, you know, you, you don't have to fear. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to worry. Is his word going to come to pass? It will come to pass. Amen. 
It is crucial for us to implant the truths of God's great promises of provision firmly into our minds and our hearts because when we get His promises and we are meditating on His Word and His promises, then Satan will be disarmed in our life. That's why the Bible talks about study and talks about meditation and, and, and focusing on God because disobedience and fear are two of Satan's most deadly and frequently used weapons. And when we are being attentive to God and focused on God and we have His promises firmly in our heart, that disobedience and fear loses its impact in our life. And then what happens is we begin to see the expanding of the kingdom of God taking place in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our community, because we're stepping forward without fear. Amen? We move forward, even when it doesn't make sense, in obedience to what God has spoken to us. Amen. We must act in faith, and then we've got to just expect God to honor His Word. Amen. How many of you, uh, if, if I told you tonight I'm going to be quitting by 745, how many of you would believe that? One of you, a couple of you. Well, good. So whether or not you believe that or you think I'm going to honor my Word, if God says, prove me, you can take Him at His Word. It doesn't matter what man says to you, but when God says, hey, I'll, I'll pour out on, on you a, a blessing you don't even have room enough to receive, just prove me in this. Just examine me and see if I'm, if I'm going to show you, amen, all the blessings that I have in store for you. Amen. You can take God at His word. And so I would like for us to look at 2 Kings tonight, chapter 3. This was in the, the chapter that we read verses 9 through 20, and I just kind of want to go through this story briefly with you. It says, So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, they fetched a compass seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host, for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the, the, the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Have you ever noticed how quick we get negative? It doesn't take us long. Like... We'll have a, a blowout awesome service, and man, we leave here feeling so much lighter, and Monday morning comes, and we're like, really, God? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying. Amen. Thank God for these ladies that have been praying every day and uh, meeting here and praying, because some of us, you wouldn't have made it through the last few weeks. But Jehoshaphat said... Is there not a is not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire the Lord by him? We need a man of God here. One of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, "Here's Elisha the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah." Jehoshaphat said, "The word of the Lord is with him." So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him, and Elisha said unto the king of Israel, "What have I to do with thee?" Get thee to the prophets of thy father, to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, Lord, nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the, hand of the, as the Lord of the hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. He's saying, Look, I don't want to have anything to do with you negative dude anyways. If it wasn't for this guy over here who knows that I'm a man of God, I wouldn't even be here. And then he says, uh, verse 15, 
bring me now a minstrel. He wanted to worship. He said, let's, let's get some worship going. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet the, that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing. Everybody say a light thing. In the sight of the Lord, he will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city and fell every good tree and stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning when the meat was offered that behold, there came by water by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. The armies of Israel and Judah and Edom, they were all allied together against the Moabite nation. And during the course of one of their marches to attack the Moabites, their armies ran out of water for their, for their men and also for their pack animals. And these three kings met together to kind of consider what the options were. And Jehoshaphat led the other two kings to visit the prophet Elisha and ask him for counsel from the Lord. And Elisha said, this is what the Lord says. He said, you're not going to see wind, you're not going to see rain, but you know what's going to happen? All of these, this whole valley is going to be filled with water. And he said, it's an easy thing, or it's a light thing in the eyes of the Lord. And not just that, but he's also going to hand Moab over to you. Now, some people were just, they're just wanting to get through the crisis. God's wanting to give you the victory. <laughs> The next morning, about the time for the offering of sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. First of all, notice that their faith in God had to be strong because they did something beyond their normal experience. You don't see water unless there's wind and there's rain and there's storm and you know, the water starts falling down. You don't see water in the middle of a desert like that. You just, it just doesn't happen. So I'm sure uh, Mr. Negative thought, sat back and was like, oh, come on, seriously, are we really going to do this? Like, hey, that's what the man of God said. That's what we're going to do. And so I would suggest that uh, they must have dug a lot of ditches. Now, not only was this unconventional, but they had to dig a lot of ditches because the Scripture says that the land was filled with water. The Lord had promised to fill every ditch that they chose to dig, and He kept His promise. So when God tells us to be generous like He does in 1 Timothy 6.18, or to excel in the grace of giving, 2 Corinthians 8.7, He is actually giving us an opportunity to dig ditches for Him to fill today. Anybody remember the story about the, the woman that had all the vessels and they went out to borrow vessels and she, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? You remember? Go, go get as many vessels as you can. Why? Because that's how the miracle is going to happen. Something unconventional, something a little different, something that stretched them. You talk about guys not having water and the king says, I want you to start digging ditches. What? We're already thirsty, right? And some of now look, I'm gonna I'm I'm fixing the land here, but some of you, you know, you're thinking, Pastor, you're saying we should stretch ourselves and give. I can't even get my tithes and offerings right right now. 
And I'm saying, let's dig some ditches. Let's stretch ourselves. Let's see what God can do in the unconventional. We've seen what He's done before. We know that He's got us this far. Amen. We know that He's always provided. He is Jehovah Jireh. We know these things. So maybe He's now giving us an opportunity to show what He wants to do. Mm. But Pastor, I think, you know, I think we're going to win the lawsuit and and everything's going to be taken care of. And I I hope we do. But you know what? I'm going to be very, very transparent and honest with you here. I, I would love it if the church was just paid off like that. That would be awesome. But you know what I think would be even better? Is if this church stretched. And God did miracles all over this place. And we won the lawsuit. And everything was paid off. And there were blessings that continued and continued and continued. Because we were willing to stretch ourselves. Amen. Because God's not going to bless the insurance company, and He's not going to bless the lawyers, but He is going to bless His people who say, God, what do you want me to do? And then we're obedient, and we do it. He says, I'm going I'm to pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. I told you I was going to preach just a little bit. So when God tells us to be generous, He's actually saying, hey, why don't you go out and dig some ditches? Generous, Pastor, I don't even know how I'm going to make it through the week. I'm sure that they thought, there's no way I'm not going to be able to dig this ditch. I am am about dehydrated as it is. Some of you say, I don't know where I'm going to squeeze out another dime. I don't know how I'm going to squeeze out another penny. Now, I would just take you back just for a moment. First and foremost... The first thing that you get, your increase, the first of your increase, that tenth part, that needs to go to God. That's your tithe. If you wonder why you never have enough money at the end of the month, it's because you're not tithing correctly. Amen. That's it. That's all there is to it. And if you'll tithe correctly, God can rebuke the devourer off of your finances and your money will last further than it used to be. I'm not making this up. This is what the Word of God says. So if you'll start with the tenth, the first tenth, not the last tenth, not at the end. Somebody mentioned it. We talked about it not too long ago. But if you make $500 and you, you pay a $200 bill and then you say, well, I'm going to pay my $50 tithe. Well, guess what? You're only going to have blessing on the last $250. That first $200 is not going to be blessed. And furthermore, until you've paid that money, None of your money can be blessed. Are you with me? Well, pastor, I think I should be able to give it whenever I want to give it. I'm just challenging you. When do you want to be blessed? At the outset of receiving it or at the very end when there's not much left? Something to consider. Just a few weeks, we're going to have a first fruits offering Sunday. What's first fruits offering, pastor? It's where we take the first fruits and we give them to God the first Sunday of the month, and probably every first Sunday of the month, we're going to have a reminder about, hey, don't forget, our greater campaign Sunday is next Sunday, and we're going to give. We're going to make monthly commitments for the next two years, and then that first Sunday of the month, we're going to give it. Why? Because we want to give our first fruits. We want to give our very best to God. Do you know in Hebrew culture, whenever they, would, they had their farms and they would be bringing their farms in, the very first crops that grew up 
that's what they would give to God. They wouldn't wait until the whole crop came up. They wouldn't wait until they harvested everything. They would give the first part of the harvest to God. Why? Because God blessed the rest of the harvest that way. And when, when you look at Peter, Peter uh, had the same type of deal. You know, he, he was fishing all night, right? And Jesus comes up and Jesus is saying, you know, <laughs> Peter, uh, why don't you cast your nets on the other side? Just put them on the other side. I mean, really, what is just putting them on the other side going to do? But he said, look, he had respect for Jesus. And he said, look, Jesus, I don't understand it, but because you say so, I'll do what you said. I'll let down the nets on the other side. Some of you, God is speaking things into your life. And in the next few days, if you haven't already got a number, some of you, God already gave you a number, and he's changing that number. Why? Because he said so. And he's going to speak something into your life. And by faith, you're going to say, wow, God, that would really stretch me. And I don't understand it. But God, if you trust me that much that you're going to funnel that, I'll give it to the church. I'll, I'll take care of, of my part. And so because you say so, and then just be obedient to God and do what uh, he has spoken into your heart to do. Uh, so what happens next will be you will experience the joy of generosity and the blessings will then flow freely in your life because God has promised he was going to do that. So practice growing in the power of giving. You might have not been, you know, well, I don't know if I can do this. Some of you at the outset, when we started talking about this, you were thinking we were going to hound you uh, every week for money, and we we're going to be pushing dollar amounts and all that kind of stuff, and hopefully you've been pleasantly surprised that it has been nothing like that. We've talked about money. We've talked about giving. We've talked about stewardship, but not just stewardship of our talent and of our treasure, but also of our time. We have a great church. This is, I'm telling you, this is a great church. It is. It's a great church. Not because I'm the pastor. Uh, it's just a great church because we have great people that love God, and they're serious about the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. We have an awesome church that wants to see God do great things in their homes and in the community, and uh, I'm, I'm excited because we have gotten to the place now where there are so many people that God wants to take from this level to this level. There are so many people that they have for years, they have either not tithed and given offerings or maybe not even tithed correctly. And what God's going to help them do over the course of the next couple of years is not just tithe and not just give offerings and give to missions, but over and above that, he's going to empower them to pay this church off. Thank you. There's two or three of you that believe that. Amen. I'm just going to go back and preach for a minute, and then I'll be done. I want to remind you what God said about giving them the whole Moabite nation. He said, and it's just a light thing. It's just a little thing. Paying off this church to God, it's just a little thing. It's just a check that hasn't come out of somebody's checkbook yet. And I, I'm telling you, I wish y'all believed that. I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't, I don't even care how it's going to happen. I'm just going to dig ditches. 
Amen. I'm just going to be faithful to do what God tells me to do. I can't do it all. I, you're, you're, you, some of you, you're saying, Pastor, you don't know. I don't make that much, and there's no way I can do it. I can't do it all. I know you can't do it all. But together, amen, when we come together and we say, God, what do you want us to do? We're going to take you at your word, and we want you to do whatever it is that you want to do. Amen. What's going to happen is God is going to use the unification of the body. He's going to use, and he's going to say, you know what, this is just a little thing. This is just an easy thing. You and I, we stress about $1,000. We stress about $10,000. We stress about $100,000. And God's like, I own all the cattle on a 1,000 hills. I own the hills. Oh, by the way, I own everything in the earth. It all belongs to me. And, and I think what he's really got us to this place, this, this coming Sunday, what he's actually asking us is, how much can I funnel through you? Look at your neighbor and say, how much can he funnel through you? If he owns it all, and we know that it's his will, that people are saved, that people are delivered, that people are healed, that people are set free, and this church is in that business. Amen. Nobody in this church is getting rich. If we looked at the budget and we said, God, what do you want to do? What is it that you would like to do through this church? And we started adding it up. You know what we've done? We've added it up and we said, we've got a mortgage and we can't do that. What, what God wants to do through this church, we've come to the conclusion at this point right now, that's not possible because of the mortgage. So what we're starting to say is, God, what do you want to do? And then if we'll be obedient, I believe that God is going to help us wipe out the mortgage. I, I don't know if it's all going to come from, from in here. I don't know if the insurance company is going to kick in or lawyers going to win a case. or I don't know what's going to happen. And honestly, I, I really don't even think about it anymore because I'm just turning it over to God. I'm not worried about I'm going to do what I can do. I'm asking you to do what you can do. And I believe that God says, I will pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. I want to be blessed. Amen. I want you to be blessed. Amen. And it may seem selfish for me to say, I want you to be blessed, but it's really not. How many of you, uh, you want me to be blessed? Anybody want me to be blessed? Good. Because I want you to be blessed. Amen. And together, as we're blessed, we're going to be a blessing. That's what God told Abraham. He said, I'm going to bless you, and then in you, through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. I, you know what's happening in this place? And I wish, man, I, I'm not going to take, I, I, I am stopping at 745, and you're going to fall out on the floor. But I stopped at 748 last, last week, I believe it was. But <clears throat> this, is, this, is, this is amazing what God is doing. The family members and the friends that are hungry for the things of God are starting to really pay attention to what's going on here. They're asking questions. They're asking you questions. They're, they're, they're asking me questions. They're trying to get connected. They're trying to find out, man, this is real. This, these people are real. And, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to happen until after we got done with the campaign. I was getting nervous because I thought, man, we're going to be talking about money for several weeks and people probably will quit coming. You know, Thursday nights, probably nobody will show up. Y'all are just showing up for choir, I know. But, oh, there's more truth to that than some of y'all want to admit. Good job, Jessica. Way to go. 
We'll just give Jessica all the credit. She got y'all here tonight. But the truth of the matter is, God's doing things. Amen. We had a, we had a uh, life group last night. Drove back from Indianapolis, had a life group last night, and showed up. 17 people there. 17 people. And only three that go to this church. Come on, somebody. You think God doesn't want to pour out blessings we don't have room enough to contain? We got off on tithing one of our life groups not too long ago. And uh, one of the ladies in, in the life group, they go to another church. Not a UPC church, just go to another church. And she said, am I telling the truth? Am I telling this right, Michelle? She said, she said I just want to thank you. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, because I'm tithing now, and I'm seeing God blessings. <laughs> she said, she said I, I owe that to you. She said, I'm going to put that on you. I said, well, I'll take it. That's fine. And I'm going to ask her pretty soon to come give a testimony to you guys because you think that I tell you to tithe just because it affects me. No, I'm telling everybody to tithe because I want them to be blessed. Amen. When you start putting biblical principles that, to work in your life and you start seeing what God will do, man, you can't help but get excited about that. Amen. You go from here to there and you see what God's able to do through you, it'll, it'll be contagious. Amen. It'll excite you and you'll want to do more. Let's all stand. Jessica needs time to work with y'all and practice tonight. And I'm going to do my best to get you guys out at a good time. I'm excited. We're, we have a big Sunday. I've said a lot of things, you know, uh, not in jest, but with a little silliness. You know that. But this Sunday is very important. <clears throat> I'm asking you, fast a meal if you can in between now and Sunday. Pray, amen, that God would move on Sunday. I can't do it. I, I've got my message ready to go. It's not a canned message. It's a message from my heart. It's not real long. I'm going to preach early in the service. I'm not preaching at the end of the service like I normally do. There's some things that are going to be a little different on Sunday. I'm, I'm just asking you to pray, uh, not just for me, that God would anoint me through the service, but that God would anoint the hearing of the Word and that God would anoint our hearts to, to really hear with clarity what He speaks into our life and that we would be obedient to Him. Can you help me do that? Amen. Can we just pray right now that God would do that? Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for each and every one that's here tonight. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. God, we have a very big Sunday coming up, Lord. A couple big Sundays coming up right here, Lord, that will determine a lot of the future of this church and where we're going. Lord, we don't, uh, we don't have the answers, and we know that we can't do this on our own. But God, you are going to empower us to do greater and to see greater things than ever before. God, we trust you, Lord, and we give you. Uh, the opportunity, Lord, to speak into our lives. And God, we want to respond to you and be obedient to whatever you speak to us. Help us, Lord, to have a spiritual climate here on Sunday. Lord, that you would rebuke every, uh, every false uh, pretense, every lie, every uh, fear, Lord, every doubt that would uh, try to keep people from being at the service and those that are here, God, from responding in the service. And we pray, God, that you would move in a special way like never before. And God, that we would see the miracle that you want to do in our lives and our families. And God, we will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I do also want to remind you, we have next Thursday night, we have night of worship. 
uh, night of worship, we'll, the choir will be singing uh, one of their songs. Kids will be doing something special. There will be some other specials. We'll have a few, some worship songs. But next Thursday night's going to be all worship, okay? No more pastor telling you to tithe, okay? But we're just going to celebrate whatever. We're going to announce what happened Sunday. We're going to announce it uh, Thursday night, and we're just going to celebrate. It's just going to be a celebration. And uh, we're going to be, you know, excited about it. And then come Sunday, we're going to bring our first fruits. And I believe we're going to take up the largest offering that this church has ever seen. Amen. It's going to be incredible. And we're going to just, we're just going to celebrate and God's going to give us his favor. Tomorrow night, there is a youth rally. I'm looking for Lisa. Lisa, 545. All right, 545 here for those that are going to the youth rally. If you have any questions, see Lisa tonight. Uh, Purpose Institute is this weekend. And I don't think there's anything else that I need to mention. Uh, if you haven't already registered, you can register for Gospel Go, and you can start uh, getting sponsors. I encourage you, I know they've already mentioned this, but I encourage you to get sponsors outside of the church, if at all possible. Ask some small business owners that you know. Ask some people that are in your friend's family. Uh, you can even start a fundraiser on Facebook if you want, whatever you want to do. Uh, but the more, because we're, we're really uh, not saying that the church can't give to you. But if everybody that's, that's planning on walking or running asks everybody else in the church, then that really doesn't help us. So uh, if somebody approaches you and says, hey, I'm not doing the gospel go, but I know you are, I want to sponsor you, then that's awesome. So God bless you. Uh, last but not least, we have an excellent weekend coming up. If you haven't been paying attention... We have an excellent weekend, and that will be what most people think of as Easter weekend. We call it Resurrection Sunday here. And Thursday night after our midweek, the, the teens will be having what we'll call an extreme egg competition. It's, uh, they're glow-in-the-dark eggs, and they're going to be doing some cool stuff with that. They're going to have a competition to see who does the best, and they'll give you more details about that. Then on Saturday at 11 a.m., uh, from 11 a.m. to noon, we're going to have an egg hunt, traditional egg hunt for all the kids ages 3 to 11. There's going to be all kinds of prizes in there. And then on Sunday, we're going to have a Resurrection Sunday service, special service, and we are also giving away an iPad. We're giving away a bike, and we're giving away some gift cards. So there are tickets. Everybody say tickets. There are tickets. We have a lot of these. I'm asking you to take a small stack of them. Hand them out to some of your friends. Hand them out to some people that you want to come with them. Tell them that they can win an iPad. No strings attached. It's a brand new iPad, uh, 2018 iPad. It's not the new iPad Air or anything like that. It's just an iPad from 2018, brand new, never been taken out of the box. Um, but that, there's a bike and there's some gift cards. They can win those on Resurrection Sunday. Every time they come, so if, if they come as a, a kid and then they come back on Sunday, they have two chances to win that iPad. If they come as a teen, they come Thursday night, and then they come back on Sunday, they have two chances to win the iPad. If the parents bring them, if they're a guest and the parent brings them on Thursday or on Saturday and then comes back on Sunday, they could have three chances because they can fill this out, and they'll put those, we'll put those in, and they'll draw it out. Now, having said that, this is not for our regular members. Some of you are like, but I want to win the iPad. If we, if we could just hand out all kinds of iPads, we would. But here's what we're going to do. For whoever brings, and you have to help us with this, whoever brings the most people, okay? You bring the most people on Resurrection Sunday. This is what we're going to do. For the kids, 
You bring the most kids for the teens, whoever brings the most teens, and for the adults, whoever brings the most adults. Whoever the kid is that brings the most, they get to, to have dinner on us with Sister Tiffany wherever they want to go. We're going to give them probably three or four choices of wherever they want to go. They'd be like, Disney World, no. And then the teens will be the same way. They're going to get to go uh, with Lisa and uh, a few others, and they'll get to take a friend with them, and they'll have dinner on us. And then uh, the adults will probably either with the Coopers or myself and my wife will be having dinner on us, and we'll have a nice night. So we'll be honoring our members who are reaching out to people. Okay? Sound good? All right, so there are tithes and offerings, envelopes in the back. There are bowls. If you want to make sure that you don't rob God before you leave, you can take care of that tonight. Even choir is meeting as soon as we get finished. Uh, you want to give them a couple minutes? And Okay, take, take five. Take, take two minutes to five minutes. Two at, the, two at the fewest, five at the most, and then be back ready for choir. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here tonight.